everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Wow. All right. Long distance. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are still under quarantine here in Washington, so we are still coming at you remotely, which, uh, you know, I'm, I have a feeling that next time we're all in the studio together, we'll definitely be doing shots on air or something. So, Absolutely. <laughs> I'll stick yeah. to rum, thanks. <laughs> whiskey, for, whiskey for Glenn, my goodness. I'm, in, I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, fellas... Let's let's dive into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm one of your co-hosts, Rohit Rohila. I'm a co-host as well, Kyle Reed. No, 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 I took that one, Glenn. You took too long. That was me. That was me. Your co-host, Kyle Reed. <laughs> All right, that was a that was an interesting start. Uh, so. We've kind of discussed before how the three of us used to work in a uh, local Seattle business, and through that we came a, came a, had the opportunity to meet our special guest today. So I'd like to introduce Zach Kettner as our special guest. Uh, Zach recently wrote an article which is kind of blowing up on LinkedIn called "Creating Your Foundation for Success." And with that, what we're going to do is uh, kind of welcome you aboard. Welcome, welcome, Zach, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Yeah. So when it when it comes to the creating your foundation, that's that's so important because a lot of times what people try to do when it comes to personal development is more fine tuning. So they'll say, okay, if if I've been doing things a certain way, I need to change slightly. I need to change the the wind. Uh, in my sales slightly to, to reach a different destination. And we've kind of talked about that before with simple disciplines and simple errors in judgment. But before you can really get to that spot, you need to have a stellar, stellar foundation that really gets you together. The foundation is so important because what it does, if you think about a pyramid, the foundation is the largest area that it covers and everything is built up on top of that. Everything else is just kind of that fine tuning that we talked about, but having a strong foundation, really what it's doing is it's setting up your own rules. So you know everything that you're going to be doing is within the confines of your foundation. It's similar to a mission statement that a lot of companies have. And so with that, just kind of want to do a little bit of an introduction and then hand it off to our special guest of honor, Zach Kenner. Would you please... Uh, share with us your article, how it came about, and you know how, what it's meant to you over the years. Definitely. So, uh, so I wrote this article on LinkedIn because a lot of times at work or people that I interact with, I also coach a, a kid sports team. They hear all this great information, but they don't know what to do with it. And I've always heard people say, "I want to have a great career," or "I want to." accomplish X, Y, Z. And the most important part of that, you know, if you listen to Russell Wilson, he'll tell you separations in the preparation. And so for me, that is building a plan. And so when I was writing this article or 
or thinking about it, it was trying to relate to people back to the beginning of where I started trying to build a business plan for my life and for my career. Uh, so when it comes to you know building a plan, it's kind of like building a roadmap. You know, so today if we're going somewhere that we don't know, we probably pull out our cell phone and get on GPS. The plan for me is my GPS because oftentimes we can stray from the plan and we don't realize it if we don't actually put down in writing where we're going and how we plan to get there. And so it's trying to bounce back to my plan at all times. And so where I started uh, in the article is kind of walking people through how I came up with this plan. And one thing that really stood out to me, I, I read a lot, I watch a lot of motivational speeches. It actually came from Matthew McConaughey's commencement speech at the University of Houston. And he says, defining, defining ourselves by what we are not is the first step that leads us to really knowing who we are. And I took that and really thought about it. And I thought about all of the leaders that I've had in my life or people that I've worked with and trying to think what attributes did they have that I really admired. And on the, at the same time, what attributes did they have that I wanted nothing to do with? And that was how my business plan started of actually writing down who I didn't want to be, which led me to clearly understanding who I wanted to be. And so in walking through that, I, I had the opportunity to have uh, a mentor by the name of Corey. And Corey and I have become really good friends over the years. But one thing that we studied or created and developed is called the pillars to success. And for, for us, this is, it's four things. It starts with character, capacity, creativity, and commitment. And so our foundation is grounded in these four pillars. And if you think about character, uh, to me, that's probably the most important. And so with character, you have your integrity and you have how you treat people and can you be humble or are you arrogant? And so character for me has always been the number one foundational principle in, in, uh, in my plan. And when I tried to come up with what do I want my character to look like, so taking the same philosophy of building the groundwork, it was I wanted to be somebody who was honest, who is selfless, always will jump out to help people. I wanted to have a growth mindset and I wanted to be empathetic. So one of the, one of the things for me is understanding that your character today might not be model like um, you might not have oh you're gonna have to cut that part out <laughs> uh, so when it comes to character it the good news is you might not have character today of what you want or what your morals are <laughs> but anybody can can go back and change that but they have to think about it and make a conscious effort and so there were times in my life where I was very selfish and self-seeking. I would lie to people to try to look cool. Um, you know, so it's taken work over the years to, to land, you know, and be honest to be selfless and go out and help people. The biggest thing to remember is we're going to fall down. So I share that with you talking about some of the failures I've had is because the principle of failing forward. 
And so a friend of mine said, forget the mistake, remember the lesson. And so when it comes to character, knowing that I might mess up at times, but you have to be quick to forget the mistake, remember uh-huh. the lesson and grow from it. When I think about capacity, Did something happen? Uh, capacity is our ability to learn new things. So to put it you in context, there? I can't give anyone what I don't have. So if I want to be selfless and I want to be uh, an empathetic leader, I have to be willing to invest in my future and in my knowledge, or I can't give it to anybody. I have nothing to teach. And so in in one book study that I do at work with a team, there's uh, a law called the law of the lid. And what the law of the lid says is to raise your leadership ability, you can increase your overall effectiveness many times without increasing your success dedication. And so what that means to me is continuing to learn, continuing to grow so you can help those around you. When I think about creativity, the most important thing for me was I don't have to be an art major. You know, that was my preconceived notion of what creativity meant. But I realized it's people coming together and taking experiences from different organizations, different groups, different parts of the world, and being willing to talk about those ideas. Now, Rohit might bring up an idea and I might be like, wow, I've never heard that before. And he thought that it was really common. To me, he's creative. And so it's really encouraging people around us to speak their mind. And I think one thing that's very important is when people around us are speaking their mind, uh, the way that we listen, the way that we respond teaches them that it's okay to think outside of the box. Whereas if someone throws out an idea and you instantly bash it, you're actually teaching them that it's not okay to share these things with you. When I think about commitment, it commitment sounds like something that's very easy to understand. But Rohit and I, and I know that there was a, a previous podcast that you guys did where you said, are you interested or are you committed? And what are the differences between those two? And for me, I, I get the opportunity to manage quite a few teams at work, and some of them I would consider myself to be interested in. I don't have a lot of time to develop to that or to devote to them, but the ones that I'm committed to, I'm in the trenches every single day working with people, you know, trying to figure it out. And so what I want is people around me to see that I'm committed to finishing things. I want my children to see that I'm committed to finishing things, people at work. So that's where the commitment pillar comes into play. And then in the end of the article, I talked about how do we actually start this? How do we put this into practice? And so taking it back to the beginning, I said that I had a bunch of leaders in my life that some I aspired and some I did not want to be anything like. And so I encourage people to to actually get out a piece of paper, write down the top five leaders that you've had, whether it be at jobs or schools or mentors in your life, and write down three positive attributes that each one had. And then I have people put a check mark next to each attribute that they believe that they display and a star next to the ones that they don't. Now, the ones that you don't, then we dig a little deeper and try to figure out a plan. Okay, how do I get these? And if it's honesty, you might write down, I'm going to, every time I catch myself telling a lie, I'm going to call myself out. That's very embarrassing for people. 
So very quickly, you can correct that behavior, but it's writing them down. So that way, when they come up, you subconsciously start to recognize them. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much for sharing that, Zach. Uh, brought up a lot of great points when it comes to setting up the foundation that we all need as individuals. And one of the things that really struck with me was when I when I think about defining my own foundation, one of the things that I think about is how do I define myself? Because you've got it broken down into the four pillars. And for me, I haven't used that approach. For me, it's been if somebody asked me what I am, who I am, how would I define myself? Because then that kind of gives me the rules that I need to adhere to that. And one of the struggles that I that I've had for the longest time, and it's one that I've shared multiple times on on air, was for the longest time, I struggled with identifying myself as a motivational speaker because I felt like until I could speak to, you know, until I was doing multiple thousands of talks a, uh, a year or, you know, being out there so aggressively, I couldn't own that. But I think what, what you're outlining here is if you just reverse it, if you start stating these things as facts, then you start believing it and you start going at it. So for me, it wasn't until I started using I statements and more specifically by saying I am a motivational speaker that I started realizing changes in myself. And I'm kind of interested in knowing when when you outlined everything here, were you mostly looking for theoretical things that, that sound good, that can help other people kind of go in a certain direction? Or were you drawing from your own personal life? And, and how has this affected you in defining who, who you are? So I, I definitely drew these from my own life. And I'll use character as an example. Um, you know, I earlier in my life, I went through a divorce. I had a business. I lost it. And at that time, the character that I was displaying was not who I morally believe that I am or who I was raised to be. You know, thinking about capacity, I was very closed-minded. I didn't want to learn for a while. And, you know, actually shifting these things in my mindset, putting pen to paper, writing them down, allowed me to always go back to that. And now all of them are second nature. If I get the opportunity to be creative or share an experience, or if I get the opportunity to learn something new or have a conversation with someone who has a different perspective, it's second nature for me to live these as truth. And I think it, it went back to writing them down. And I always talk about in my career is I write a business plan and I work in sales. So people often are like, why are you writing a business plan? You're not running the place. And for me, it's because if I have a plan and I believe that it will work, it carries me through the times when things aren't going my way. If we're not closing deals, if we're not hitting numbers, I can look back at that plan and say, if I stick to this and I believe this in my heart, we will get where we need to go. And so for me, these pillars is that plan for my life. And so every time I deviate from it, it's going back to them, remembering who I want to be, who I strive to be, the things that I want to practice and teach my children and people around me that you can do these things if you make a conscious effort to do it. 
Beautiful. I, I, I wrote a lot of stuff down, Zach, while you were while you were talking. And I actually just read this earlier today because you just launched this, what, yesterday or the day before or something like that? You just published it? Yeah, ago, right? yeah, it was this week. Yeah. So there's several things I wrote here that I actually really love. Um, so one, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys with a corny rap lyric, but I think it, it holds true to everything you wrote here is by my man, Jay-Z. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. And I think essentially what you've done here is you've created a business plan for your own life, for your life to be successful, whether that's professionally or personally with friends, family, loved ones, coworkers, mentors, mentees, whatever that may be. And, and I love it. It's anytime you get off track, you can revert back to your pillars and, and that'll keep you on, you know, on your course, navigating towards your star, whatever that may be. So I love that. Um, the other thing I wrote down is I think find, I guess it's finding light in negativity. What I mean by that is, most of us don't really know where to start. So when you when you pulled from Matthew McConaughey's speech saying, we define ourselves by what we are not, you know, and you talk about that being the first step, I think it makes things a little bit easier because simply as individuals, we tend to be um, a little bit negative, right? We notice bad experiences and, and poor traits more so than good experiences and good traits. Um, so much so that even we on this podcast have to remind ourselves to discuss highlights, right? If, if you took this discussion to, to other people in your life and said, hey, we have a podcast. Before the podcast, we discuss our highlights from the past two weeks. People might ask you why you do that. As if talking about something positive is so outside the box and off the norm. <laughs> You can see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think we realize how negative we really are, right? So I think maybe you're just kind of, by pulling this quote from Matthew McConaughey and inserting this into how you execute your pillars, I think it's phenomenal because we're recognizing kind of our, our innate negativity and using it to locate and identify traits we don't want to identify ourselves with so we can avoid those. And then we can begin identifying traits that we do see in others that we do desire and we want to model ourselves after. So I love that, man. I wrote, I wrote the, a few of those things down. Um, I think, the, reason I think I, the reason I love that quote so much is because the, the human brain thinks four negative thoughts for every five thoughts. So oh, four so negative, yeah. one positive. My goodness. <laughs> Thanks. Someone, someone came prep doing their homework. <laughs> and so it's, it's just realizing that if we start by what we're not, that's like you said, it's, it's somewhat negative, but it's easier for people to start there. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and you, you're, you're not just dwelling on the negative. You're, I, you're using your, you know, I guess your innate negative thoughts and, and uh, ju judgments, I suppose to build on what you desire. And I think that's an awesome tool. Good stuff. Oh, one more thing. I'm, I'm going to keep talking because I wrote down a lot of stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just heard this recently and I don't know if you gentlemen have heard this. I had not. And, and I, I loved it. Uh, are you familiar with the difference between the chicken and the pig? And if you are, oh. don't, don't, don't give it up. Just, 
give me a yay or nay here. Uh, no. No? I don't know all of it, but what I do know is the foundation, and I think it lies in your, your fourth pillar, your commitment, and kind of what Rohit, what you and I discussed a few weeks back on are you interested, are you committed? When you take a look at commitment versus interest, you see things like commitment equals sacrifice and things of that nature, right? And interest mm-hmm. is just you would put a little bit of work towards it and you show some interest. You may have a discussion about it, but you're not really willing to do whatever it takes. That's the difference between the chicken and the pig. The chicken will lay the eggs. The pig will sacrifice his entire body to be ham and bacon and sausage. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. (laughs) I I laughed as well, right? But when you really look at it, right, that is a complete sacrifice. The pig has 100% commitment while the chicken is merely interested and he'll lay a few eggs. And I just heard that last week. It just happened to coincide with this, so I had to bring that up. It, and as you were saying, as that guy, it merely popped back in my head. I was like, oh, the chicken or the pig. That's a good, uh, good, it's a good analogy. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when I think about commitment and, wh- and what does that mean, it's I'm not going to show up late to trainings. I'm going to take a one-hour lunch to meditate or read a book or whatever, but then I'm going to go back to work on time. Uh, I think about whenever I have a task, am I going to finish it or am I just going to start it and then let someone else do the rest, right? So like you said, it's that ultimate sacrifice to see something all the way through, just like the pig who becomes bacon. Yeah. I just pulled up, it, it, some, it says it's sometimes presented as a riddle, so I'll, I'll give you guys this to provide a little more context so I, don't, I didn't completely screw it up. <laughs> it says, in a bacon and egg breakfast, what's the difference between the chicken and the pig? The chicken is merely involved while the pig is committed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I, I thought it... Uh, it fit well there. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Glenn, I I kind of like to to hear your thoughts because you're. So, I mean, I've known you now for you know about ten years or so, and you have multiple times redefined yourself. And as you redefine yourself, do you do it kind of like with a proactive approach, like like what Zach has outlined and and define who you are? And then you live as that person or is it just kind of a been a more of like an evolution for you? Oh, did we lose Glenn? I think we lost Glenn. Yeah, I think we lost Glenn. Glenn's Oops, lost. Okay. Um, well, when he comes back, you can, you can ask that question again. I don't know how much of that you heard. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so I'll edit this part out. So we left off on the the chicken and the egg. So um, twenty three forty five. Yeah. So well, I made a note. So so okay. Zach, I'll I'll pose the same question to you. Is is that cool? Yep. Okay. So continuing in three, two, one. So along those lines, 
Zach, I've known you now for for a few years. We didn't really work too closely together before, but but I feel like lately we've had a chance to really get to know each other. And one of the things I've, I've admired about you is you have talked about redefining yourself multiple times by reaching different points in your life and saying, okay, from now on, things are going to change. Is, has that been more of an evolutionary change on your part? Or has that been, okay, I need to take a, a firm look and redefine what my pillars are? For me, it's it's always been something that I plan for. And the reason that I've always done that is because I, I like to do what I call future tripping. So I will get into my head and be like, okay, if I do this, it's going to lead to that. And when that happens, it's going to lead to X, Y, Z. And I start almost creating an anxiety for myself about what the future could hold that hasn't even happened yet. And so for me to overcome that and try to define myself as who I am today, it took planning and actually putting pen to paper and saying, this is what I'm going to do. Here are my goals. And here are some short goals along the way that I can celebrate. Right. And anybody who's learned about goals or, you know, heard about smart goals, it's small goals that are attainable and measurable. And for me, that has kept me going on the path. Uh, it wasn't natural at first, to be honest, to write things down about where I wanted to go. But at a point in my life, I knew that I needed to make a change. So like when we all worked together in the Seattle area before, the result that I was getting, I wasn't happy with. But I, an example of future tripping there was, okay, if I quit this job, I'm going to lose my house. I don't have another job, so I'm not going to make any money. And so I would start compiling all of these things, which kept me working there for far longer than I probably should have. And the moment when I uh. actually sat down and wrote where I wanted to go in life was the moment that I had the courage to step out, leave that job, venture out on a new journey and end up somewhere that has been phenomenal where I have people around me who are like-minded and want to grow and want to get better and want to take time to build plans for themselves or for their lives. So that way we all have a roadmap to get where we want to go. Yeah. And, and what I liked about what you just said is this doesn't just happen accidentally. You know, you, you don't stumble across life in finding these opportunities that completely change your life around you have to make a decision that you know one of one of the phases that phrases that we use here a lot is sitting on nails where so many people will sit on that nail because it's painful but it's not painful enough for them to do something about it and it sounds like you were feeling that way for a long time to where every time you would think about leaving that kind of fear would kick in the fear of the unknown and what you did was you got up and did it anyways. And it's, it's not easy to do, is it? Not at all. And so for me, when I was thinking about how I'm going to get my shit together, it was, Oh, I like that plug. <laughs> it was being very intentional about everything I was doing. So that means building intentional relationships with positive people who are like-minded or intentional relationships with mentors who have something that I want, not a material thing, but attributes that I want and I want to know how to get them is 
seeking out people who have experience that I can learn from and, um, you know, help hold me accountable. It's being intentional with where I work or what I do with my time, running my day, not letting it run me. Everything becomes intentional when you plan for it. Um, what are, what are your thoughts around this topic, Glenn? Well, I'm coming in a little bit after the topic there, but uh, <laughs> Glenn didn't, you, I didn't you plan know, for it. No. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't plan for uh, my surface was even plugged in while we were doing that too, so I don't know why it shut off. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So so Glenn, we were just talking about how when it's time to make a change in your life, you know, it, do you take the proactive approach or is it more of just an evolutionary thing that causes you to change? I've kind of experienced uh, both sides. I mean, there are times when it's been kind of evolutionary, you know, just small changes here and there where I've evolved into a better person or into a different person, depending on your view of better, right? <laughs> um but there are times when you have to make a proactive choice and a lot of what you do to change yourself is an actual choice. But the proactive ones I find are, are when you make major changes in your life. Like for instance, um, I wasn't happy with my financial situ situation. So I went out and I got a second job. Then I went out and got a third job. You know what? I looked for ways to bring in more income uh, rather than just cut costs. So that was a major change. That was a proactive choice. Um, but there, there are things where um, back when I first started at the company I'm working for now, um, that, and Rohit was there working with me, and you know, we'd always walk down the hall, and I'd, I'd say something negative to a greeting. And now I can't even remember exactly what I said. I just don't say it anymore. That was more of an evolutionary change. I got tired of Rohit picking on me about it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I think, you know, like uh, you had mentioned surrounding yourself with people who will hold you accountable, right? For things like that. So I think that's exactly, that's one good reason to have you around Rohit. So for, if, if nothing else, we appreciate that. But, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks fellas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's good. I mean, Glenn, that you recognize that, right? So, how long do you think that went on without being recognized, right? Where it's just sort of a a, a passive change, if you will, rather than an active change, I suppose. Well, for that situation, I don't know what was it, Rohit, about a year before I finally started changing the vocabulary. Yeah, people would ask you how you're doing, and you would always say, "Oh, I'm doing well, but it's still early." Oh man, you know who else used to say that? No, I don't. I, I, I don't. You want our name drop, Ruben? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I love Ruben. That's my guy, man. But every time, well, it's still early. It's still early. It's still plenty of time for something to go wrong. <laughs> oh, well. So far, it's been in a. It's been a great episode. Uh, Kyle, how about you know? Would you like to take it away with our uh, two minute takeaway? Yeah, yeah, we're going to wrap. Um, shoot, man. I mean, th this this week's episode was was brought to us by Zach and this um, 
article that was recently published, Creating Your Foundation for Success, it's what it's called. Like you publish it on LinkedIn. Where, where else is it at? Do you, do you have a um, like a personal blog site or something else that it's on, or is it just article posted on LinkedIn today? Right now, it's only on my LinkedIn. Okay, perfect, perfect. And it's pretty accessible for a lot of people. I just wanted to make sure if there was any other avenue that uh, we shouted that out as well. Yeah, and we'll link to it as well on the gystpodcast.com. Perfect, perfect. For this, for this episode, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. So this has been, I think phenomenal refreshing material zach um i we definitely know each other but we don't know each other very well but i have to say that i've heard nothing but good things about you um from when you were still at zones in sonia worked on your team um she had mentioned that you're a phenomenal manager and, and all kinds of good things and and now where you're at today um talking with the folks that we previously worked together in the past life and who work for you now today um just nothing but good things to say, man. So when I when I read this, um, hardly surprised, hardly surprised to see it. So thank you for putting this together. But but really, you know what I want to leave our listeners with is, you know, Zach put together these four pillars of success, and these are his pillars. Um, it, number one being character, right? That's how you identify yourself. So he gives you some examples there, and a few other pieces here. But what we really want to leave you with is. Reading this is fantastic, right? But it does nothing for you if you don't take action. Zach, if you wouldn't have taken any action, you probably wouldn't be where you're at today and having the success that you're having professionally and personally. So so when we take a look at this, that last paragraph of everything that's written here, I would I would argue is probably the most important. And, and that action is start with writing a list of the top five leaders that you've ever had in your entire life professionally uh, or, or personally or, or mentors that you've had on the side, whatever that may be. Um, take a look at all of their positive attributes and write down the top three positive attributes from each one of your leaders. Put a check mark next to some of the ones that you currently possess and then put an asterisk or a star next to the ones that you would like to develop or possess in the future. That'll get you on track with where you want to go and taking a look at some positive attributes that you can gain will only build on your success in the future, both professionally and personally in life. So with that said, that's really all we got. Just want to leave our listeners with a few of those takeaways as action items. Take a look at the article, listen to the episode a few more times, and we'll drop a few more gems for you. But uh, otherwise, thank you for tuning in this week, GYC Podcast listeners, and we hope to see you back next week for another episode of the GYC Podcast. Get your shit together. Thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.